if we mess it up bad enough, maybe they'll send us a message and tell us how to pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. I I actually follow some of these people that are on there like that, but oh, sweet. Anyway, um, Scott said he was going to join too, but he hasn't. So we're just going to get started. All right. So what are we? Uh, ten minutes after, almost eight minutes after. Yeah. So I'll, like I said, I'll do. I'll get you to the spoiler clip, and then uh, you can take over and get me all the way down to Aaron. All right. Welcome to the Rebel Alliance Prison Room Podcast. We are here to podcast about anything and everything Star Wars with you. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash r-a-b-r kyledrickinson.us That's r-a-b-r dot k-a-i-l-e-j-o-h-a-n-s-e-n dot U.S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room podcast on your Android hmm. or Apple oh, phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate yeah. by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room website at R A B R. K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S And now it's time to talk Star Wars I am Kyle John Johansson and this is Andrew Scott Sutton Say hello He hasn't shown up yet so we've got Rick up at at the top there or I guess he's on the left in the uh, actual video He's on the top for me but Anyway, that's a different subject. So today we're reviewing Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 3, Chapter 24, called The Return, which um, I didn't quite understand what we're returning. I guess we're returning to Mandalore, but we were already there last episode. I, I don't know. So we're going to discuss the uh, show. We're going to have a, I have a brief news article that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to discuss the uh, show, um, kind of do some... Uh, question of the week, which um, I'm hoping we can just kind of come up with on the fly here. And we're going to, you know, beg for feedback, which we always want your feedback. So, you know, send that in right away. And then we're going to do some thoughts and predictions probably for season four. Um, and that's going to be re- partly related to what we're going to talk about in the news here. So let me push the news button there. It's time for the news. And then I got to do this. This. All right, so uh, this is that article you sent me, uh, Rick. Uh, season four is replacing the canceled Star Wars show. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so what that really means uh, to everybody is uh, there was a show that was going to be called the the um, Star Wars: The uh, Republic uh, something. I forget what it was exactly called. Um, uh, and it was about the. Uh, the uh, guys patrolling the outer rim area for um, new Re- new republic troopers or rangers rangers of the new republic that's what it's called oh, right there republic. yep so we're thinking you know based on what happened at the end of the episode um where dinjarin is going to start doing that that he's going to kind of uh 
you know, fill out the plot for that show, um, which is probably where, as you can see from the picture here, is probably where Theron's hiding too, is in the outer areas where nobody goes. But it says in here, uh, ending of the episode, Carson Teva, which is the uh, Asian guy, of course. Um, and uh, we all remember that Cara Dune was in the first, uh, I think it was in the first two seasons. Maybe it was just the first season of uh, Mandalorian. And uh, she made some uh, weird uh, comments and uh, they eventually, I think, candor, I guess, or, or whatever. Um, Gina, Gina Carrero, Carino. Yeah. She and will not return. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't come back. Um, and uh, some of the story plots were were done by Ella Kane and, and Dr. Pershing. Um, and now they're going to kind of continue the rest of them in this uh, season four, is what they're basically saying. This guy's just predicting it. It's nothing. It says officially, but it's not. It's not official because um, I don't think anybody's actually commented on it. That's official, um, but it looks very much like that's going to be the major focus. We're probably going to get a lot of uh, you know. There's supposedly a promise that Boba Fett's going to have a an episode or two. So uh, you know they're kind of. I think they're since it's potentially going to be the last season, they're probably going to pull in a lot of things to, uh, you know. I think this is going to be the, the, the season that kind of ties a lot of shows together. Yeah. It's going to be a nice little package deal and, and possibly stretch into another season, a fifth season. So, yeah, you know. yeah it's, it's always possible. Um, I think, uh, I think John, John Favreau has said that, uh, it's always been planned to be at least four seasons, possibly five. So, who knows? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get out of that because that's pretty much all that article there. The news. Well, I think it's idea, an issue. I think your idea of Thrawn uh, actually will probably play out in this one. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's kind of interesting that that so far in all the show, even though we've hinted at him several times and they actually said his name um, in the previous episode. Um, I, I think it's interesting that he's never, we've never seen a face or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. That's partly probably because the actor was just kind of, uh, you know, selected a while ago. Probably they were done filming before he got s selected. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I think it's just interesting. I, I, I'm wondering if that's going to be the case still in, season four we just talk about him but we never see him or you just see, see the back of him or see something that implies that he's there but nothing like you know he's in hiding so we why would we see him <laughs> i don't know people um, coming back thinking you might see him so yep so that uh means that uh if you haven't watched the episode you need to uh watch it um, cause we, we kind of spoiled you already, but, uh, we're going to get through it. We're going to see if Rick can read some stuff here, uh, about the show. Sweet. Yeah. I'm going to stumble through some of these names. So forgive me if I mispronounce them. My apologies if you're watching.
All right. So our director for this episode was Rick uh, Famiwa, I believe. The writer, obviously, was John Favreau. It was edited by Rachel Golick-Katz and Jeff Sibanek. Our music themes were by Ludwig Gorenson, and that was a music score by Joseph Shirley. And then that leads us to our cast for this episode. Obviously, Den Djarin was Pedro Pascal. Uh, his body double for Den Djarin was uh, Brendan Wayne. And the stunt double is Latif Crowder. I believe I pronounced that right. Uh, Bo-Katan was Katie Sackoff. The armor was Emily Swallow. Navarro Copper Droid was Parvesh China. The Anzellan crew was Shirley Henderson. Cosca Reeves was Mercedes Varnado. Axe Wills was Simon Cassandias. And then we've got our favorite character, Mr. Moff Gideon, Giancarlo Espinito. Grief Cargo was Carl Weathers. Our fleet commander was Travis Parker. Ragnar was Wesley Kimmel. The Snivian bartender was Misty Rosas. I don't remember that character. Uh, Captain Carson Tiva, Paul Sun, Wang Lee, IG-12 slash IG-11. I believe this person is Takai Watita. And then our survivor scout was Charles Baker. And our survivor captain was Charles Parnett. My apologies if I mispronounced any of those. The, uh, yeah, the fleet commander, that, or not the fleet commander, the bartender, that's when they, they went into the bar and stuff, and they, they were talking to Carson most of the time, so he didn't really pay attention, but uh, there was a bartender right there behind him that was... I, I remember now, yeah, that's right, when he, right at the very end, I'm oh, sorry, spoiling it away, but I guess not at the very end when he walked in, that's right. Yes, they asked him for something in the there, and then he just started talking to, to Carson yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so that brings us to our our favorite commercial. Hey, you, over there. Are you a tripper? Is your armor always dirty? When do you find time to clean it? Did Rebel Scum scratch and damage it? Does yeah. your helmet communications keep acting up? Yes. Stop by Aaron's Armor Sparkalorium before 1,500 hours. We will wash clean and sanitize your armor for the next day pickup. Our patented galactically ancient secret cleaning techniques will have your armor sparkling just like a new Cerulean Y1300 freighter just off the assembly line. You will be the envy of all your friends and co-workers from the castles on Lothal to the politicians on Coruscant to the environmentalists on Endor. For your next day service, stop by Aaron's Armor Sparkalorium. We are located in Tatooine's Moss Isley Spaceport, directly across from Hangar 35. We will also repair and sell and sell most parts at the best rates in the known galaxy. All services guaranteed and licensed by the Emperor himself to last a lifetime. Only at Aaron's Armor Sparkalorium. We accept Imperial credits only. Helmets and boots are services are extra. Yeah, it's guaranteed by the Emperor himself. That's pretty good stuff, I guess. Yeah, pretty good. And lifetime warranty. But uh yeah. the lifetime is not very long, so Well, well you have to think about you have to think about the Emperor. The Emperor's gonna probably be like, Oh, it's broken? Okay. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Lifetime's you over. Lifetime's yeah. over. And it's only um, one time. 
too. You can't, you know, get it replaced. No, non-transferable, nothing. No. Non-transferable, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was looking while, while it was doing the commercial and you were reading the words or the cast off and stuff. And uh, it's looking at our uh, numbers and stuff. And we, uh, it's interesting, you know, you were telling me that you listened to some of it on, on Amazon and Spotify or Amazon, I mean, but um, I know a couple people that listen on, say they listen on Spotify and I'm not seeing numbers for Spotify at all, which is weird. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, but um, on our uh, last few episodes, we've had people listening on almost all the platforms. We've had people, one of them on the, on the Google podcast app, we've got a couple people um, that listen to the, the chapter 21, the pirate, and we have one that listened to the spies um, on Google podcasts. And then, uh, you know, uh, we didn't have any feedback from anybody on anything so far, but yeah, like I said, um, Spotify is not showing anything, which is weird, but uh, yeah, those. And then of course on YouTube, we've got, I showed you guys before we have over 46 people have, have viewed um, our podcast on video for the last episode, uh, the spies episode, and then 40 for the previous one. The, uh, yeah. Which one is that? That was yeah, so gun, guns for hire. That uh, my prediction did not come out like I anticipated. I just, Oh, no, no girl goo. So I would have put, put money on it, but uh, now I'm excited. Yeah, the uh, that's that's part of the reason why we have so many uh, views. Is what I was getting at. Is uh, I I tried to publicize that quite a bit. I would I would either say uh, um, you know watch our episode to see because we're gonna tell you you know Grogu dies or does Grogu die or I did that like five or six different ways on, on Twitter and um, it got us some traffic. It got uh, quite a bit of traffic in, in some areas, but um, it, it's interesting. Like I was telling you, we got 46 people that were listening or that viewed the previous podcast. And uh, it says that uh, the average duration was, uh, I think this is minutes. The average duration was two minutes and nine seconds. Really? <laughs> well, we had one episode earlier on um, uh, this season. It was chapter four or chapter uh, it was episode four, and we had eighty-eight people listen to it, but only one minute and forty-eight seconds on average. So the majority of them would hit it and like, "Oh, I don't want to do that," and go away. But there's a few that actually listen to it. I think. I think I saw that at least four people listened all the way through. Uh, watch time in hours, 5.3 hours. Um, so some of them watched it all the way. That last previous episode was that long one we did where it was about an hour and a half long. But So anyway, um, before we get into that. So uh, again, we're doing The Mandalorian Season 3, Chapter 24, The Return. Originally aired on April 19th. Um, was 42 minutes long, and we're still in the uh, nine before the or after the Battle of Yavin, uh, which means we're 
at a point where you're going to grab your favorite beverage and join us in the Rebel Alliance briefing room. All right. So we start out as uh, Bo-Katan is leading uh, the surviving Mandalores to safety. And she tells Axe Wolves, Wolves that Moff Gideon has set up a base on Mandalore and is sending his starfighters to attack their Mandalorian fleet. She tells him via comlink to evacuate the capital ship and use it as a decoy. Since they can't beat them in space, she says they will have to fight on the ground. Uh, and Wolf says he's entering the upper, upper atmosphere and will carry out her orders. Uh, of course, due to stormy conditions, communications break up um, as he's exiting the atmosphere, I guess, whatever you want to say. What? After retreating in, into the tunnels, what? What? It, it, order? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> uh, after retreating into the tunnels of Sundry, uh, Bo-Katan and her warriors exchange fire with Gideon's Imperial Armored Commandos. Um, and that's when they come down from above, I think, and uh, uh, they're all like, oh, that looks like more Mandalorians or something. No, they're not. Um, and they use uh, some thermal charges to blow up those guys. Uh, Dinjarin is being escorted to the commando by the commandos to the corridors of Gideon's base, but he breaks free of his captors suddenly. And starts fighting them. I think he's pretending like he's passed out or whatever. And then all of a sudden he uh, jumps up and starts beating on him. And um, the third, yeah, yeah, he, he got uh, some flamethrower action from the one of the commandos, which I was surprised didn't uh, like you know burn his cape off or something. But I guess that's a fireproof cape. Yeah, he manages to subdue and trap him in a neck hold. Um, which I think one of these guys, um, he breaks his neck. He physically breaks his neck. A lot of times you don't see where they crack the neck, but he grabbed his neck and kind of jerked him until it cracked or whatever. Uh, one of the commandos does manage to wrap up one of those fiber cords around uh, Dendrin's neck, uh, but suddenly Grogu, who is riding IG-12, shoots the commandos down. After spraying uh, Dendrin with healing foam, um, which I think is it was actually back to uh, foam or whatever. IG-12 frees Dindrin off of his, his restraints. Uh, and then they, uh, you know, have a little moment. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for saving me, blah, blah, blah. Now it's time to take out Moff Gideon. Da -da -da, or, or, you know, we'll have to keep doing this if we don't take him out. Yeah, we'll have to come back and come back and come back. Meanwhile, Bo-Katan has led her surviving warriors into the cave, which they entered earlier. Dinjarin contacts her and tells them that he has found Grogu and he plans to take on Gideon. Bo-Katan tells them to be safe at uh, at the urging of the surviving captain. The Mandalorians flee to the surface. Meanwhile, Gideon's TIE fighters and bombers depart their, on their mission to the fleet up above. Uh, at the command center, Gideon receives news from his commandos that the TIE fighters and bombers have launched and believe that the capital ship will soon be destroyed. Gideon, however, has learned from his graphic diagram that Dinjarin has escaped. Uh-oh, he knows already. He, he says uh, he's going to engage him, but 
the commandos want to go first, and he says, "No, I'll uh, I'll do it myself." Which uh, do it live. Interesting because he had two dots that showed them. Like, what? What? He? How was he able to track them? Well, they can probably track life signs. Would be my guess. I don't know. Yes, I, I just thought it was interesting. Well, you have to, you know, think about, especially during the Empire's reign, um, almost everybody was chipped in some sort of way. Um, they would get, a, a, you know, an official ID that they had to show everywhere, and then they had a chip in them also somewhere in their, their shoulder or upper arm, I think. Uh, uh, we never really got to see that with, like, you know, in Solo and stuff when, when they got, he got his... Uh, Basically, his ID to go into the army or whatever that was. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. So, and Gideon puts on his uh, his fancy helmet, and we get to hear the uh, Darth Vader words. I'll go get him myself. Whatever he says. And uh, he, he vows to deal with uh, Dinjarin and tells the uh, commandos to go uh, work on, uh, I guess, Bo Katan's crew. Uh, we hear Dingerin contact R5, telling him that he needs to infiltrate the base and find the location of Gideon's command center. Uh, R5 descends into Gideon's underground base using his rocket boosters. He avoids an MSE6 series repair droid. Um, I think on the show they actually called him a mouse droid. I said in the uh, captions or whatever, closed captioning. Um, and he gets he gets access to the network and transmits the schematic of Gideon's base uh, to Dinjarin, who explains his plan to take out Gideon. He tells Grogu uh, and IG-12, which that's redundant, it's the same thing, tells him to stay close. Uh, meanwhile, Wolves tells the Mandalorian capital ship captain that the scouting party has been ambushed by Imperial remnants. He tells the captain to send the gauntlet starfighter and, you know, pack everybody in there with enforcement troops for Bo-Katan's uh, crew on the, on the surface. Uh, he relays uh, Bo-Katan's orders to leave the ship behind as a decoy. Uh, Wolves takes the helm while the other Mandalorians evacuate the ship aboard the gauntlet, which looked to me like they took several ships, so they probably all didn't fit in the gauntlet would be my guess. Because, you know, we saw when they were sitting there in those rows, there was probably uh, six on one side and six on the other. Yeah, he I called them. I don't know. This is what he called them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there was there was at least four of them that, that they took, and, you know, hopefully those things survived so they have at least something to fight back with later on. Uh, yeah. So they can... Yeah. They complete their evacuation just as the Imperial TIE Fighters and Bombers launch their attack at the uh, uh, light cruiser. Uh, Wolves use the ship's laser cannons and guns in placements to defend the warship. Despite taking out some of the enemy starfighters and bombers, the capital ship sustains considerable damage. Uh, Dinjarin and Grogu reach Gideon's command center, which is guarded by more armored commandos and these red barrier shields that we saw the last episode. Uh, Dinjarin tells R5 by a comlink to activate the shields one at a time on his command only. Uh, after R5 de deactivates the first shield, 
Din Djarin fights two Imperial Commandos and takes one down with his own knife. He throws the other down, you know, the, the chasm, uh, which is weird. Why would they put him in an area where they had a cliff all the way around him? I guess it prevents people from coming in, but still, once you're in there, well, it's got to be a hazard, right? Well, you didn't see the yellow tape there that said, watch your step? Yeah. <laughs> Danger. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he throws one down. Okay, uh, and he commands R five to activate the second shield or deactivate the second shield. He fights two more guards who are armed with electro riot batons and shields. Defeats them and steals their weapons. Uh, Dendrin fights his way through the third row of guards. Meanwhile, a mouse droid discovers R five again, but the astromech droid fires an electric shock at the mouse droid. Uh, and he, you know, scurries away. Despite the delay, R5 manages to unlock the fourth row of shields after lots of pleading from Dindrin, of course, and he shoots the remaining guards with his stolen blaster. The mouse droid summons three more droids who flash their alarms and uh, they bang him and ding him and ding ding. R5 manages to escape with his rocket thrusters he sends one of the mouse droids over the edge of the cliff. Uh, I didn't see that part, though. I didn't see yeah. him, one of them fall over. I don't remember. He, he didn't, like, shoot him, but, like, he shocked him or something. Kind of like uh, R2 Yeah. Did. Yeah. He used the probe thing and went, and the little mouse went, Yeah, yeah. I remember that part, but I, I didn't see the part when he was escaping um, that he knocked one of them off the ledge that was behind him. Uh, he sends uh, over Dendrin along with Grogu walk into Gideon's laboratory, which is full of tanks uh, containing clones of Gideon. Bum, bum, bum. And uh, that's where we see uh, one of them, his eyes open. Oh, hi. Who is that looking out my win at, in my window? Uh, Dendrin tampers with the controls, causing the tanks to explode and spill out the water, which uh, we assume is suffocating the, uh, the clones for some reason. Don't know why they couldn't breathe air, but... Um, they're, not, they're not fully developed. They're still in the pupa stage. Oh, okay. okay. I was really surprised, though, because I, I was kind of anticipating maybe a little bit of Snoke there going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that technology is probably where Snoke was uh, first how he was first conceived, I would guess. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't, he made it sound like when he was talking to his circle of guys, the other day, the other episode that, um, you know, he was denying that he was doing cloning. He said, mm -hmm. that's your realm or whatever. Um, so yeah. if, if he was working on that and was able to do that, how did that technology get transferred? You know, because, we know our crew supposedly destroyed the, the base. Um, we saw at the end, which we'll see talk about in a minute, that not all of it was destroyed. It was there was still quite a bit there that looked like it was set up, which I'm sure they'll use. They'll probably use all the weapons and stuff from there to uh, you know reinforce their the the Mandalorian troops oh, and stuff that are left. That mob had spies, so yeah, spy, so. 
yeah, that's that's the other weird thing that uh, didn't really get resolved during this episode is Ella's a spy, but who who are the other ones? Why is there an S on the end of that thing? And I read a short, brief article about that where uh, um, uh, John Favreau said that people are taking the the title too literally. Um, but I think I, I don't know if that's that's a true statement or not from him, or if that's just uh, someone trying to you know, explain away why there wasn't any resolve in that. So, uh, all right. So they, we see the tanks explode and spill out the water. Um, and then we switch to the, uh, survivor captain leads Bo-Katan and her followers, uh, into a lush surface cave full of plants. When Costa Reeves asks if they live here, captain explains that they live, they survive using hideouts, and food caches scattered, scattered throughout Mandalore. The captain explains that they have predators above and underground. When Bo-Katan asks if they found under the underground gardens, the captain explains that they planted farms. He explains that these are the old indigenous species of Mandalore who have been dormant for centuries before the Mandalorian Civil Wars. Once the planet was abandoned, they began thriving again. Okay. Okatan says that she has only seen gardens uh, in the doom, domed cities and is amazed they still grow uh, life, you know, in the regular air. Because um, they, it doesn't really explain, but they had these domed cities because the atmosphere was so volatile. You know, there was um, these storms that are happening in the atmosphere, partly because of all the the bombing and stuff, and you know the interference from from all the attacks or whatever but it, i think it's always been a little volatile storm kind of thing going on there anyway um and maybe they polluted the atmosphere and you know okay we'll just build a dome that'll fix it kill the planet but, now yeah. that they're not there plants can thrive which is interesting uh the captain says the plants only need room to grow the armor informs uh, Bo-Katan via comlink that reinforcements have arrived. Da -da -da. So that's where we kind of turn the corner and kind of rule out that she's maybe not a spy. We didn't really get a we didn't really get an answer to that, but she kind of uh, steps up and helps out um, going forward. Uh, Bo-Katan uh, commands her followers to don their helmets and activate their jetpacks. And they all kind of uh, take to the air, and she, uh, you know, grabs her uh, her dark saber, mm -hmm. which is kind of weird to do while you're flying. I don't see how you can fly and and fight at the same time, but whatever. Uh, the Mandalorians fly into a chasm uh, above Gideon's base and battle Gideon's armored commandos uh, in the air, who also have jetpacks. Uh, Bogotan. Uh, slices several of them with her uh, with her dark saber. The armor also shoots several of the enemy shoulders, which that's that's incorrect. She doesn't shoot them; she bangs them with her weapon, her, her uh, tools, that big hammer thing, yeah, um, which is made out of Beskar, I'm sure. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Dinjarin and Grogu enter Gideon's command center. Uh, Gideon enters through a second door, door and is furious. That Dendrin has killed his force-sensitive clones before they could draw their first breath. 
See, he said force sensitive, so they were already they already had some sort of force in them. Um, you know, could wield the force. Dendrian fires at Gideon, but his blaster bolts bounce off his Beskar armor. Uh, Dendrian charges at Gideon with his jetpack, but Gideon hurls him aside. And it's interesting because Gideon's suit is more robotic. It enhances his uh, abilities more than I think uh, it does some of the Mandalorians. Mandalorians, you know, have the strength already, and he he uses robotics, I think, to kind of uh, increase his strength, it seems like. Kind of Vader-ish. Um, yeah, kind of Vader-ish. Um, which several rumors out there have said that, um, you know, is that actually Gideon or is that one of his clones? Hmm. You know, it could be That's one of the clones. Is. Guess we'll find out, right? But uh, it would be a smart move to send a clone in instead of uh, himself. But uh, we didn't really see anything that made that true or not. But anyway, uh, the Praetorian guards show up and join the fight. Um, I think Gideon kind of backs off or something. He goes, he goes into another room again. And they have their electro staffs. And before they can subdue him, Grogu arrives. Hey, Daddy. And no. distracts them. No, no. Yeah, he says, no, no, no. Uh, Benjamin rushes to protect Grogu, but Gideon uses a fiber cord whip to drag him back. Meanwhile, Bo-Katan shoots an armored commando. Oh, she shows up now, too. Uh, causing him to crash into another. The armor takes out more commandos with her hammer. Ding, ding. Bonk you in the head. Bonk. Uh, the Praetorian guards hack off uh, IG-12's armor or arms, but Grogu jumps to safety onto a pair of overhead platforms, which I thought they were overhead light things, but whatever. Uh, Gideon burns uh, Dendran with his flamethrower, but is unable to scorch his armor. Uh, Gideon gains the upper hand due to his dark trooper armor. Meanwhile, Bo-Katan takes down more Imperial armored commandos in aerial com combat and rams into Gideon before she can finish off Dendrin. She tells Dendrin to save, go save Grogu. Go, I'll take this, I'll take it. Gideon asks Bo-Katan if she is going to surrender or fight. Bo-Katan draws the dark saber. In return, prompting Gideon to draw his purple electric staff. Meanwhile, Grogu force jumps one of the Praetorian guards, cuts off part of the platform, and he lands, causing Grogu to fall. Grogu cries out in fright. But then all of a sudden, Dinjarin arrives. Da -da -da, I'm here to save you, baby. Uh, he shoots the Praetorians on the back. One of the Praetorians manages to ensnare Dinjarin with a Electro chain whip, but Grogu uses the force to hurl one of the Praetorians aside. Back in the hangar, Gideon and Bo-Katan uh, parry with parry with their weapons. He manages to throw Bo-Katan against the wall. Meanwhile, Reeves fights with the Imperial armored commandos in the midair before throwing him down a chasm. Uh, while Dindrin fights with three. 
Praetorian Guards, Grogu uses the Force powers to prevent one or more from striking Dinsran with their electro, you know, swords. Uh, he This allows Dinsran to kick the attacker and shoots one of the Praetorians in the chest. Following a struggle, Dinsran shoots the remaining two guards with Grogu helping by using the Force. <laughs> uh, he, he he throws their weapons away mostly with the Force. He, uh, he, he doesn't really throw them that much, but he throws the weapons more than anything. And then, uh, and then once they defeat him, uh, Dinjarin compliments Grogu and says, "Thank you very much. You saved me. Uh, we we work well together, or something." Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Axwell's radios Bo-Katan and Reeves, telling them that he plans to ram the flaming Mandalorian capital ship into Gideon's base. He tells them to evacuate their forces. Back at the hangar, game. Gideon gains the upper hand over Bo-Katan and pushes her towards the edge of the chasm. He demands she hand over the Darksaber, but she launches a renewed attack. However, Gideon is indomitable and uses his gauntlet to damage the hilt of the Darksaber. Looked to me like he crushed it. So he used throws, the yeah, he, motor grip or whatever and crushed it in her hand. Yeah. He removes her helmet, kicks her to the ground. Uh, Gideon taunts Bo-Katan that Mandalorians are weak without their trinkets. She retorts that Mandalorians are stronger together, which, uh-oh, somebody's there. Dendron shoots Gideon from behind and forces them to the edge. Above, Wolves, Wolves escapes the, strict, the capital ship by uh, jumping out the back, and he plunges it plunges like a dagger down into Gideon's underground base. While the Mandalorians flee the doomed base, Gideon exchanges fire with Bo-Katan and Dinjarin, and Grogu uses the force to hurl Gideon's electrostaff down the edge as debris rains down. Gideon is consumed by the Inferno, but Grogu uses the force to create a bubble around Dinjarin and Bo-Katan. <laughs> But Boca's hand put like personal shield thing out there. Did you see that? Yeah, yes. She's she's trying to help too. <laughs> With her little shield. Got this little shield, it's gonna protect me. Yeah. Um yeah, I thought it was kind of cool because that's uh that's one of the only times we see uh a force bubble like that where you can actually yeah. visibly visibly see the force because the flames are going around it. Um Okay, so we find out that the the fire in, inferno consumed Gideon, so he's pretty much at least dead, right? We kind of saw his body uh, turn a little crispy. He was a little uh, well done. Yeah, a little well done. So we saw we saw him die. So that's one thing. Like I said, maybe it's a clone, and it's not. He's not really dead, but let's just... we saw someone who looked like Goth. Moth, yes, idiot. exactly. It was a uh, stunt double. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, following the defeat of Gideon, the armor holds a ceremony in the living waters in the mines of Lab Mines of Mandalore. Ragnar swears that he will take the walk of the way of the Mandalore and follow the words of the Mandalorian Creed. She baptizes his helmet with water, stating that this is the way. 
And everybody else repeats, this is the way. Dinjarin arrives with Grogu and places him here on the edge. Like, ah, here's your present. Almost. <laughs> um, edge of the living waters. And Dinjarin tells the armor that Grogu is no longer a foundling, but an apprentice. He asks her to add him to the song. She, since Grogu is too young to speak, she thinks that he is too young to take the creed. She says that he must remain a foundling. Oh. Dindarin is, is depressed for a second there, isn't he? Uh, then he asks if he can be, if his parents, if his parents can give them permission, the armor counts. Grogu's parents are far from here, and even if they're alive, and this is when Grogu is like, oh, daddy, I'm not getting what I want, daddy. Dindarin replies that he will adopt Grogu as his own then. He'll make him his own son. The armor turns around, accepting the adoption, and says, this is the way. She, You can't really see, because you can't really see her expression, but she kind of gives him a little head turn, like, what the hell took you so long? You know, almost. Uh, the armor declares that he is written in the song, and that Dendrin is accepting this family as his son. Grogu smiles and the armor names him Din Grogu, an apprentice, which is weird. Um, the other Mandalorians chant, this is the way. Which, I, like I said, it is weird that they take the Din and add it to his name in the front. Because I thought it would be Grogu Din Djarin. Din Djarin, yeah. This is because I've always thought the Mandalorian's name was Din, was his first name. Din Dejarin, but I guess uh, it's the other way around, which is also weird because uh, if you think about um, our, our other Mandalorians, you know, uh, the guy that died, his, his name was Paz Vizsla, right? And uh, if you go back in the, in the past on other... Um, Star Wars shows, there was several um, people part of the Vizsla clan. They all yeah. had last names of Vizsla. Um, there was Pro-Vizsla. They're the Mudhorn clan, so Grogu Mudhorn didn't sound very good. I guess, I guess. Um, Alright, so uh, the armor tells Dindarin that he must now leave Mandalore and go on his journey. Just as he as he teaches uh, Grogu, uh, Dendran says, this is, the, this is the way. Grogu okay. babbles some cheerful uh, noises. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Beneath the depths of the living waters, the mythosaur stirs. Later, the armor hands Bo-Katan a flame to light the great forge. Mandalorians from both factions chant, for Mandalore, for Mandalore. Woo We've got the forge going. We're, we're back in business. Yeah, yeah. Dindarin later flies his N1 Starfighter to the uh, Delphi base. There he and Grogu meet up with Carson Teva, uh, who offers to buy him a drink. Dindarin replies that he is on a business trip. He is here on business. While uh, Teva serves him a drink, he thanks him for eliminating Moff Gideon. Grogu uh, jumps up on the nearby high chair and, and 
gazes at several Imperial helmets that are up, up above and sees an IG a series droid also. Uh, Dinjarin tells Grogu that that is not IG-11 and explains that the droid's head reminds Grogu of something someone he knew. Uh, he tells Carson that. That's what he says. Since Grogu is his apprentice, Dinjarin offers a business proposition to work for the New Republic as an independent contractor. Since the New Republic lacks the resources to hunt down imperial remnants in the Outer Rim territories. Dinjarin offers to work as a hunter on a case-by-case -case basis hunting Imperials. Teva says that this is against regulations and will not get approved. Dinjarin says, well, then don't, don't tell him. It's not going to get approved. Why tell him? Uh, Tevia wants to think about it, but Dinjarin says that it is a good deal and as an advance payment, Dinjarin asks for the IG assassin droid's head Claiming he needs it for parts. Hmm. What might he need it for parts for? Exactly. He doesn't, uh, like he doesn't like droids at all. He doesn't trust them. Uh, at Navarro City, High Magistrate Carter Grief tells Dendrin that the people of Navarro appreciate what he has done in repelling of the pirates. He gives him the deed to a new cabin on the outskirts of town. Karga says that Dindrin can use it in between adventures. The two shake hands, and Karga also thanks Grogu. As a gift, Dindrin gives the town a rebuilt, reprogrammed IG-11 who will serve as a new marshal of Navarro. Several of the Alzonian droid smith are also present. Probably because they rebuilt the droid. Um, <laughs> he's greeted by claps from the crowd. IG-11 says... He is here to protect and serve the citizenry uh, of Navarro at his yeah. new cabin. Dindrin watches over Grogu, levitating a frog, sits down and sticks his feet up. And we see the credits roll. Yeah. That was a pretty uh, exciting episode. It was very action act, possibly. Yeah. yeah. A lot going on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think. So, yeah, I mean, basically, we ended up with uh, the Mandalorians are uh, back in business and, and, you know, trying to uh, refurbish the, the land. And we've got uh, Moff Gideon is supposedly dead. Um, you know, Grogu is uh, pretty comfortable with his Force stuff. And, of course, Stingerin is now working for the New Republic as a, a ranger of sorts. So, uh, pretty much wraps up the entire episode there. It's a pretty busy episode. Like you said, lots of fighting happened and stuff. Uh, you know, I, like you said, you were surprised that, uh, you know, your prediction didn't come true. Um, I wasn't really. I knew Grogu. They couldn't kill Grogu, but, uh, I mean, he's the moneymaker, so. You can't clean. This isn't uh, this isn't Walking Dead. You can't kill the main character. <laughs> I was so, thinking more than the Thrones. That too. That too. I killed the main character off every week. Almost it seemed like there. Every episode. Especially the the season premieres, they would uh, 
get them good, or the or the season finale is they get them good. Wipe them um, out. All right. So, um, question of the week. I was kind of thinking something related to the uh, uh, Dingerin being a uh, New Republic uh, Ranger. You know, um, wondering how much other stuff we're going to see. You know, besides the Ranger part. Um, I, I guess it's just an open question of kind of what anybody's predictions are for what's going to happen in season four. Um, you know, kind of well, think that a uh, lot's going to happen, but the easy question is, is, was it truly Moff Gideon or was it a clone? You know, that's, yeah. that's people easy question. That's true. I've, I've kind of mentioned it several times already too. So to get it in people's minds, but uh, that's true. That's a good question. Um, the, the other question is, is that, uh, you know, when does Thrawn show up? Because we know he's there. We know he is in play. We we know that he's made contact or has contact with, with people. So, you know, when does he appear? Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know. Um, Moff Gideon was kind of the one that was kind of leading the charge to get him to um, show his face. Um, so maybe, um, you know, he doesn't have as much urgency to do that now, but, um, it's, it's very possible, I guess, that he could show up, you know, right away in, in season four. Um, or maybe he does show up right away because now he thinks Moff Gideon's out of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure Moff Gideon would, uh, he would probably use Thrawn because uh, you know, Thrawn has the power right now, but uh, he's going to probably try to throw him, overthrow him. Would be my guess. Yeah, Mo Moff Gideon is probably his only real threat. Competition. Um, yeah. All these other guys are are you know pretty formidable, but they're they're either in his pocket or they're just you know simply warlords. They're not really you know they have no major ambition like Moff Gideon, I guess, did. But it was interesting, though, because uh, that was one of our first villains that didn't use the Force was Moff Gideon, right? So yeah. far in this in this thing. Um, most of our other villains we've seen in Star Wars have all had the for Force abilities. So... And maybe that's how we know it was him because he didn't use the force because he talked about, you know, that was the one thing that was missing in the clones. Yeah. It was the force, the force. abilities. Yeah. And then and, and I, I don't know. I mean, he uh, made a big deal about the Mandalorians too, but the armor armor of the clones was already um, designed from what the Mandalorian armor was. Yeah, you know, because because Django was a Mandalorian. Django Fett was a Mandalorian, and they designed everything off of his stuff. So, yep. uh, the the first uh, design for the clones was a a white version of uh, Django Fett's armor that that he had. Um, of course, it changed and stuff over time. Um, and then we got rid of him, and we got the stormtroopers with their weird helmets. On top of that, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, 
it's possible that Moff Gideon or maybe one of his clones could show up too. Um, I don't, I'm not really counting on it. I'm, I'm thinking that we're kind of closing that off because uh, we do know that Moff Gideon doesn't exist in the um, First Order. True. Um, we know a lot of those people that are in that Shadow Council don't exist in the First Order also, um, including uh, Admiral Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Well, it's because Den hunts them down. Kills them all. Dead. Dead or alive. There's a lot of uh, stories and stuff where um, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and all those guys try to go hunt down Thrawn, too. So who knows what we'll we'll get into, but... uh, Interesting. We'll see, yeah. I mean, there's... There's a brief mention... I think in uh, Return of the Jedi, where they're they're talking about going and hunting down um, rogue uh, rogue Imperials, and um, they mention they they mention a secret uh, admiral that they but they don't mention his name because you know technically at the time. He didn't exist because uh, so the Timothy Zane wrote the first Thrawn novel. I think it was like five years after the Return of the Jedi had uh, been in the movie theater. Okay. And his idea was is his books were going to be the next trilogy, um, which they didn't end up being because that's. You know, we still continued the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's that's great, but uh, I could have used something different than Skywalker saga, too. I think that's partly what's so satisfying about The Mandalorian anyways. It's not necessarily about the Skywalkers, right? Um, Luke's in it every once in a while. Yeah. Well, but barely, he's a, right? Because he's like the, the character that everybody knows. Yeah. And he's supposedly at this time one of the only Jedi's that's, um, let's say, public. He's still trying to hide, but he's he's out there. He's people know him, and he shows up for uh, for Grogu and stuff. So um, he's making an effort to go out there and find others like him, I guess. But anyway, uh, well. Yeah, I think I don't know. This uh, these have been eight episodes um, every season so far, um, and I think uh, it's probably going to be like that too for next season four. So uh, we'll we'll just get a few short episodes like this time. Um, but uh, you know, I I think you know near the end of season four, we're going to get a lot more of. Uh, you know, Ahsoka and all those other characters because we got a we got a transition to the Ahsoka show, um, which by that time it'll be will be around season two of Ahsoka show because we're getting Ahsoka season one this year, like you said before in August. Um, so I, I think it'll be there'll be a lot because, like you said, they're going to transition away from the actual Mandalorian show and kind of go into that, and then, of course, that's going to morph into something else um, 
we'll that probably we'll see Ahsoka. Uh, you know, who knows? Well, there's, I mean, there's there's that other new show too that's supposed to come out next year called The Skeleton Crew. We've talked about it a little briefly. Yeah, yeah. There's supposed to be uh, characters in that show also that are they're gonna gonna kind of mix in too. Um, the because the idea of the movie that we heard about at Celebration, the movie's supposedly uh, going to integrate people from from all those shows the the Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, you know, uh, Ahsoka, and this skeleton crew are all going to be supposedly tied up in this uh, movie that's coming out four or five years from now. I think well, it's. We may get some Sith involvement coming in too with uh what was the acolyte? Isn't what that that what's called? Yeah, the acolyte. So Yeah, that'd be nice too. I mean it's good seeing a good villain like that, but it's always fun uh when you've got a really powerful one that has the, the force behind it too. Yeah. Makes it uh you can't just fight them, I guess. You gotta you gotta think uh several steps ahead of them really. Yeah. I, I envision the next season being a, you know, like a little of this and a little of that and a little over here and a little over there all put together, stirred up, and this is how we're finishing it and tying them kind of all together. Yeah, I, I just hope they don't do too many of those, uh, what they like to call bottle episodes, you know, the, the one-off episodes that, uh, you know, are just fun, but they don't really mean much to the storyline. I hope they don't do very many of those. I don't think they will because I think they're going to try to get everything tied together so it, you know, kind of makes sense for everybody to be able to follow and and uh, you know, neatly package it with a nice little bow on top. So Yeah, a nice pretty bow. Maybe a blue one. Pretty bow. <laughs> bow. All right. Yes, so that email address, feedback at kylejohansen.us, is the first way to send us feedback. Um, you can even attach uh, a video file if you'd like to, as long as you're able to send a uh, Large files, we can probably receive them. Uh, we also have on the uh, left-hand side of the website over there um, a link that you can click on that will send you to a, a feedback uh, page. Fill that out, click send, and it will come to us. Um, we also uh, post our, our video um, up on YouTube and Spotify, um, and there's comments that you can place comment section there. Um, we have a question of the week where we talked about this week about Moff Gideon. Um, is he actually dead or is that one of his clones or is one of his clones going to come back? Uh, they have comments section there too. So you can answer the question and then put some information about what you want to talk about there. doesn't have to necessarily be about the question. We're on uh, Twitter right now at super underscore duper underscore pod. Um, and that's that's pretty much all the locations that we have stuff at. So send us some right away because you know we we keep uh, debating stuff here, but nobody has any uh, arguments for us. So, so it's always better if we have 
So we're just right. So you know, you have to you have to prove us wrong. That's all you got to do. See, so Grogu is going to die. <laughs> still, yep, he's still gonna die. Yep. All right, so we've asked for the feedback. Is there anything else you uh, wanted to say about the episode, or what? I thought it was good. I thought it was a really good way to kind of tie the season up and uh, kind of finish it. It always sucks when it ends, though. I mean, because now we're we've got the long wait. You know. Yeah, I kind of felt like they uh, they they used the Disney t- way to tie it up. It was more uh, a pleasant way. There wasn't anything uh, that was, uh, you know. You were all like, oh, man, now I got to wait. Somebody yeah. died. I got to wait all this time. I mean, yeah. the, the villain died, so we're okay with that. Okay. That's, that's the that's the Disney way. The villain died and everybody else was okay. Oh, that's... And Greg was little... sitting in a pond playing with the frog. Exactly. Tappy, uh... Den's got his feet up just relaxing. The only thing he was missing was a cold beverage and a... I don't know what else, maybe. Cigar, maybe a cigar or a pipe or something. I don't know. Good old stoke. I thought it was interesting that Grogu was uh, levitating the frog and then he let it fall back down in the water. He didn't uh, attempt to eat it this time, yeah. like he's done in the past. Maybe he uh, he's gotten enough trouble already. He's like, nope, I'm not going to eat it this time. I don't want Daddy to yell at me. Maybe don't yell at me. Eaten. He'd already eaten like two or three before that scene. So like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he says, oh, I hear daddy. I'm not going to eat this one. Okay, I'll put him back. <laughs> playing with your food. That's right. No, I Grogu, didn't stop that. playing with your food. It was a good It was a good season. Just uh, never enough, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's actually... Oh, man. I think you got me going there. It's... The eight episodes, I think, is a little too short, but um, I don't know. It could be maybe 12 episodes, and that's probably about right, in yeah. my opinion. Um, you get too many of them, and then you start to get kind of uh, you know, lost in the story and stuff. So. And you want 16, though, so make it eight and call it good. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We're on 24, so what is that, 32? Next time, yeah, we have eight more forty episodes. So, mostly make a bonus one or two in. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, and um, maybe we can talk about this more in a little bit after we sign off. But um, you're going to be busy quite a bit this summer, you think? Yeah, I'm. I'm like uh, starting. In two weeks, like every weekend between now and like the middle of July, there's at least one thing going on. So, yeah, yeah, crazy. I'm gonna be busy. Uh, the beginning of May, the first couple of weeks, I'll be busy because I'm going to that convention. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and it's I leave on Saturday. Because my first class at the convention is eight o'clock on Sunday. I know. <laughs> I can't decide if you know on Saturday I'm going to stay up late or, or if I'm going to go to bed early or something. But anyway, I go to bed. <laughs> You're going to be staying up late other nights. 
Especially Wednesday. Wednesday is when they use most of the uh, vendors have their after party things. Yeah. And we've got invites to three different after parties. And it's kind of yeah. interesting because they, one of them is yeah, really yeah. early. It's like really five early. to eight, five to eight o'clock. Five, not, not in the morning, but five, 5 p.m. to eight o'clock. And then there's one right after it. It starts at eight o'clock and it goes on to one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. I thought you were saying 5 a.m. I was like, oh my no. god. Oh, I can't, horrible. no. That's horrible. No, no. Anyway, uh, that's not that's not Mandalorian talk. So, we did, I just got reminded, um, I've got a little thing that reminded me that we did get uh, a few new followers this week, too, from on Twitter. Cool. Um, still not very many. We are, we're about 84 total right now but we've been we've been sitting around 80 for a while because i kind of actually manage that a little bit twitter now has the you have the ability to uh to remove a follower if you want to um and it sends them a thing saying that they've been removed or something like that and it basically what you're doing is blocking them they're not allowed to come back for a certain period of time and i do a lot of those because we get robots and stuff you know or it's these uh you know, weird teenager looking girls that are wanting to send me pictures all the time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to get myself in trouble. You're out of here. <laughs> you know, it, those make me nervous. It, you know, don't get me wrong. I like the pictures of the, of the ladies, but these look a little young. I'm not going to do that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. then the FBI is knocking on my door. Hey, what are these pictures you got on your computer? No, we need to purge. Yeah, so I, I I kick them out. I I probably kick out a, a couple every week. Um, actually, the last couple of weeks I haven't kicked anybody out, but so maybe they've gotten the hint now and, and stopped uh, trying to follow me. But uh, they figured it out. Yeah, maybe they figured it out. Then again, uh, Elon Musk says he's been cracking down too, so maybe that's what it is. Could be. I doubt it, though. <laughs> All right, let's uh, verify check. Yeah. No. Oh no. So, so for like a business, if I was actually a business, which we aren't, of course, but if I was a business, they want you to pay a thousand dollars a month to get the check mark. But that's because you're going to be advertising. You know, you're going to be putting up little tweets that are advertising your product. So. They're technically saying, well, we need your money because you're advertising on our platform. Exactly. So, um, which we are advertising on the platform, but we're advertising for our podcast, which is not making any money. Not that we need so, to make money. Not that we need so to make any. <laughs> We'd have more than 84 people following us. No. <laughs> As long, as long as people are watching and re, and re, giving us feedback, that's that's the important thing. Exactly. I don't care if I don't care if it's uh, if it's one person a week or if it's uh, twelve people a week. I don't care. As long as we got somebody, that that's what matters. So we need to get you people to send us feedback. And with that, I'm gonna click the outro button. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast. 
please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's HTTPS colon backslash backslash R-A-B-R KyleJohansson.us. That's R-A-B-R dot K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room website at R-A-B-R-K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N. U.S. This podcast in no way is approved, sponsored, or owned by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. All opinions are solely owned by Kyle and or Scott, and in no way express the views or opinions of their past or present employers. Views and opinions are not supported or restricted by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or any or other use of this podcast and its affiliate sites without consent of Super Duper Podcast Network and its host is prohibited. Don't do it. I am Kyle Johnson, and this is Andrew Scott. Say goodbye now. Rick's over there. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye bye. Push the button.